54. To our guest again, we say welcome. We are so thankful that you are here with us. Here with us here today. And as we always say, it is our, it is our prayer, our hope, our desire that you will receive everything today that the Lord would like for you to receive. There are things that we might see that you need, but God knows exactly what you need. And I promise you, you have made the effort to be here today. He has also come here today and has a desire to provide your ever every need amen i want to i want to say on the offset of the message today that um it is a heavy message and i i preached uh, this message back in 2011 or something similar to what i'm going to speak today it's not exactly but yeah. but the lord has laid it heavy upon my heart again i Last Sunday, we were talking about the value of a soul. Speaking about what could possibly be worth in exchange for your soul. And uh, we learned from the word of the Lord that according to Jesus, the creator of your soul, who knows all things, that there is nothing in this universe that can compare to your soul. It's made in his image. As Petra brought out here a few minutes ago. It's precious in the sight of God. And it's eternal. And nobody understands eternity but God. You and I cannot even begin to comprehend what eternity is. But the Lord understands eternity. And the fact that your soul will never die puts a value on it that cannot be estimated. So I'm going to speak to us today by the help of the Holy Ghost. And um, I, f I fought with God, not in a bad way. I, preachers struggle and wrestle a little bit about what the Lord's trying to get them to do. Because it's me you end up hating, not him. You know, so I got like, I'm the guy they're looking at here, Jesus. But I know that... Um, this is what the Lord wants us to say today. I always try to be obedient and sensitive to his voice. I'm not here just to deliver sermons. We are here to hear from God and try to improve. And sometimes the Lord steps in and just kind of tries to wake us up a little bit. It may be only for a hand few, but we can certainly all receive it. Uh, that is for sure. So stay with me while I preach. Don't turn me off. Don't turn the word of God off. Listen to what the Lord wants to say today. It may be a thousand years before he returns. But me or you we may not see tomorrow. So we must hear what the Lord has to say today. You want to be ready? I want to be ready. I want to give him all of my heart and all of my spirit. Luke chapter 22, verse number 54. And I'm, forgive me for having you uh, stand. It's long. Luke 22, 54. Then took they him speaking of jesus and led him and brought him into the high priest house 
Peter followed afar off. Everyone say, Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man also was with him. Speaking of Jesus, Peter was with Jesus. And he denied him. Say, he denied him. Saying, woman, I know him not. Now, sometimes we say those words with our mouth, but sometimes we say those words with our actions. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a... Galilean. Peter said, man, I know him. I, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock grew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he had said unto him before the cock grew. Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. If you didn't know the entire story, you would think that all was lost. But God did not put the sign of the crowing of the rooster in Peter's life to remind him or to signify to him that all was lost. He did it to awaken him that he was on so that he could fix this thing it wasn't God's rejection it was God's grace and it was his love a few years back I titled this um, uh, this I think the sound of a rooster but I'm taking a little bit of a different and I want to title this today, The Awakening. So tell your neighbor, God's come to awaken you. Tell someone else, God has come to awaken you. Lord, I pray that uh, you help me walk through this message with these incredible people. I ask that we hear from the word of the Lord. I pray that the spirit would impact our hearts and our minds. And that somehow we would come to the understanding, we would comprehend some of these things that have come into our lives is not to signify our destruction or our end or any finality at all. But it is a moment of awakening that we might shake ourselves and feel your presence and know that you are a God that loves us 
you've simply come to put us on track. So your divine will can be accomplished in our life. Minister to us today. That is, that is my prayer. I ask it in your name, Jesus. And everybody say amen. Well, bless you. You can be seated. So the human being is uh, a vessel of emotions. <laughs> it's amazing how fast they can change. If you don't believe me, slap your neighbor. See how quick they go from smile to this beast. We are a, if I can uh, say it this way, we are a, a computer bank of memories. It is a conglomerate of memories that we have that makes us up of who we are, how we think, how we respond, what our answers are when certain questions are asked. It's all of the events that have taken place to us through our lives collectively coming together forming me and you and thank God for us that right in the middle of all of that is God. Amen? Because that's the only thing that brings balance. Different things can happen uh, in our life which can uh, stir up old memories and those memories can be good memories they can be bad memories you can see something you can hear something be exposed to something things that were long time pushed back all of a sudden stirred up and brought back up it can bring a smile to your face or a tear to your eye it just simply depends on the memory, on the experience. A remarkable thing about us is our ability to change our feelings towards something, which is usually accomplished by new knowledge. So I can like somebody very much today, and in the evening I find something out that I, I didn't know before. It's not that the person has changed at all, but my knowledge has. And so what I have learned, heard, or experienced, or seen impacts me on how I may feel towards a, a certain person or a certain thing. Some things which used to bring joy to our lives, maybe earlier yesterday or a week ago or a year ago, now all of a sudden could possibly bring sorrow, pain, fear, or frustration just simply because of a new memory that's been attached to it. Am I telling you the truth? All right, stay with me. I read an article a while back, and this is a very sobering thing that took place, but it certainly gives a prime example of what I'm trying to say. And the article talked about uh, this mother that brought her children to a theme park, and they would go every year, and she was, uh, she was expressing, when I read this article, it, it just so lined up to what we're trying to, I feel the Lord's trying to get across to us today, but... Um, in the, in the beginning, she said, I, I can remember, and I would hear the, the cries and the shrills of the children as the roller coaster would reach its apex, and as it would come over and come down, you would hear them in that zero gravity moment, and all the children would be just screaming and hollering from joy, and, 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 and uh, the screams of the kids would bring, you know, joy and excitement to your heart, but then it wasn't, but just a few days later, 
later in this order begins to talk about that horrible accident that took place where over 50 children lost their life on a roller coaster. This is quite a few years ago, but when an accident took place and it derailed and, and uh, children were killed, and she said, now, now when I hear the shrills of children, the same thing that used to put joy in my life now brings fear and sorrow and apprehension and all because of an event that took place. Simon Peter, all of his life, just stay with me for a little bit here today. All of his life, he was uh, he was raised up in a uh, a little place that it's called uh, Bethlehem. Uh, that he had hardly ever even uh, gone out of that area. So he wasn't raised in Bethlehem. I lost the name of this city. I'll get to it later. I'll give you the right one. Capernaum. There it is. Raised up in a city called Capernaum, and uh, as a child, he would get up every day. The Bible tells us he was a fisherman, and he took on the trade of his father. And every morning, his dad would awaken him and he would rise up as just before the sun would begin to come up over the horizon and the light would begin to cross uh, uh, come across the land and, 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 and hit uh, all of the city of Capernia and we all know how it goes the first guy up is the rooster it's like you can see the sun coming up before the light ever even goes because before the first beam even shines, we, we hear in the background somewhere in the distance. Not bad, huh? Thank you. Thank you very much. Here in the distance, the sound of this rooster and Simon would the cover bag dad would come in and shake him because we all know how that is we we want to hit the snooze button just 10 more minutes can i just wait till the next rooster dad that first rooster is always so early just slap the rooster and wait for the next crow let's get to the next 10 minutes finally gets out of bed makes his way down the street of capernaum making his way to the shore of galilee where the boat is sitting and waiting there the nets have all been folded and cleaned and they're waiting for a brand new day to launch out and to go fishing. Simon Peter grows up with this. This isn't, a, this isn't odd or different. This is common to him. It's everyday life to him. But finally, somewhere, we don't know the age of Simon Peter, but probably somewhere in his 30s, we, a man walks into his life by the name of Jesus and looks at him and says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men folds his net up, puts it off to the side, Bible tells us, and immediately begins to follow this man called Jesus. For three and a half years, he gives him his heart, his soul, sells out everything. We find in one place of the scriptures, the disciples come to him and say, Lord, what, what is there for us that has given up everything? And God looks back at them and says, for those of you who have given up houses and families and, and lands and sold out to follow me, he said, in the world to come, you will have a hundredfold. He said, but not only in the world to come, but I will bless you in this world as well. Simon wasn't some mediocre guy that followed him from the edge. He wasn't somebody that held back in the crowd and only when there was food did he show up or miracle was he there. No, 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 friend. Simon Peter was in the inner circle. Simon was the one that walked next to him. Simon was the one that would stand up every time somebody would say something against his Lord. He was the first one on his feet. It was Simon in the garden that pulled the sword, cut the ear off the garden when they tried to attack and take his Lord. It was Simon that was there boastfully bragging and saying to his God, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll follow you to the grave. I'll die with you. I'm with you to the end. This is the man that we're talking about. We find ourselves now in the scripture coming to the last days of the Lord Jesus Christ, but a few days left until they'll nail him to a cross, his blood will be shed for you and I. Sitting there around uh, the table there, sitting there with his disciples, Jesus is, is looking at them, and he begins to speak to Simon, and he, I love these, these verses. He says, he 
says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as sweet. But let me let me stop right here. When Jesus looked at him in verse 22 and or later on in that chapter, the scripture we read here today, and he says, Before the crow crows twice, you Simon will deny me thrice. Let's stop right here and tell you that no matter how hard of a message this may seem here today before I'm done. It is actually a message of hope because when Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, there's a rooster that's going to crow. It's going to awaken you on the path that you are on. It is not my judgment. It is not my hatred. It is my grace and it is my love that has come into your life to wake you up, stir you up, turn you around, get you back on the path that you need. Prior to Jesus saying those words, thou shalt deny me thrice, he says to Peter in verse 31, he said, Simon, Simon, I want to tell you what's going on. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as sweet. I've come to tell you the reason why Satan wanted Simon was because even though he can't tell the future, he was there when Jesus gave Simon the keys. He was there when he said, your name is Pebble, but I'm going to change it to Rock. And upon this church, I'm going to build upon this rock I'm going to build my church Satan might not have had it all figured out but he knew Peter had a key role to play in the kingdom of God and Jesus said Simon Satan desire to sift you how sweet I've come to tell you today the reason being is because he can see how important you are to God he can see the role that you're going to play he senses an anointing he senses a power and God comes today to sound a rooster in your life to wake you up and get you back on the right path let's everybody clap our hands to the Lord will you love him for a moment Simon Satan has desired to have you all of this manipulation everything that he's doing the pieces of the puzzle and he's putting together the horror and the pain and the years of history, background of horrible, undesirable, incredibly terrible things that have happened now, even though you've given your heart to God, these things are starting to surface and you feel like you're losing control. You feel like I can't make it. I can't go any further. I come to give you hope because in the next verse, Jesus said to Simon, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. The good hope is this. Jesus looked at Simon. Simon, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus didn't say, it's over, Simon. I cast you out. You're no good. I cast you off. No. He said, Simon, you're going to deny me three times. But I want you to hear me. Satan wants you. But I prayed for you that your faith 
would not fail. And these are the words I love. After that, he says this. And when you are converted. Come on here, preacher. Jesus never gave up on Simon. Jesus never, never entered his mind that Simon would not overcome, that Simon would not turn around. He said, Simon, when you're converted, comfort your brother. Satan desires to sift you with sweet. I wish I could protect you. I wish I could put a shield around you and tell you that nothing's gonna happen to you. I wish I could tell you you're not gonna have to face these horrible things. I wish I could tell you you're not gonna have these things come against you, be in your mind, soul, spirit, or body. I wish I could say to you that you're not gonna have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I wish I could tell you today you're not gonna be persecuted. You're not gonna be come against. The world's not gonna hate you. But I can't, but I can tell you this. Even though you fail once, even though you fail twice, even though you fail the third time, God is not gonna give up on you. He has prayed for your faith. He has prayed for you, brother. He has prayed for you, sister. He has the faith you're gonna make it. You're gonna be converted. You're gonna, and when you are, everything that's ever happened to you, everything you've ever faced, every pain you've ever had, every torment you've ever come your way, every disaster, every horrible, horrible thing, God's gonna take it, he's gonna turn it, and you're gonna comfort your brother, you're gonna comfort your sisters, he's gonna use you mightily. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Tell him, wake up. The rooster you hear is not God's signal of rejection. It's God's way of saying, I know your heart. I know you mean well. And I haven't given up on you. But you better listen. Because here's what makes the difference. When Peter heard that rooster crow, the Bible says he wept bitterly. He didn't let his heart get hardened when God was reaching. He didn't hold up a shield and say, I refuse. He didn't walk out on the preacher in the middle of the message. God is watching. And what I'm preaching is serious. And the ones I wish it would reach, it may not. But for those that are here that I don't even know you're on that path, God has come to touch you because he loves you and he wants to awaken you and he wants to get you on the right path. Don't clap your hands. Listen, don't clap. Lift your hands and talk to Jesus for a moment. I love you, Jesus. Tell him you love him. Tell him you need him. Come on. Just for a moment, that's it. You feel that power? You feel the power? When we 
need you, Lord. We need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Touch this congregation. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Touch our spirits. Sweet Jesus. The word of the Lord says to Simon Peter, just let me minister for a little while here today. The word of the Lord says to Simon Peter, follow Jesus afar off. You can, you can always recognize if you're going down this path, if you kind of find yourself a little bit behind where the church is. The church is pushing in a certain direction. The church is reaching in a certain direction. You kind of, you're there, but you kind of find yourself on, on the outskirts and uh, sort of looking in. When you used to be right in the middle of it, Simon, you, you were the bold one. You know, there's a little verse here, uh, a verse in the Bible where the word of the Lord says that one of the disciples that was close to Jesus, probably John, but he doesn't even close to Jesus. He goes into the inner chambers where they had brought Jesus amongst the high priests. The Bible says that Simon Peter stood outside the door looking in. But, but John went to the keeper of the door. He went to the woman, the keeper of the door, and he talked to her about Simon Peter. Do you know what the first rejection was of Simon? The Bible says it was that little woman that came to Simon. I don't know, maybe there were several people in the door, and John just pointed and just said, uh, that's Peter. Uh, he's been with us. He's one of the disciples that have followed uh, Jesus, and uh, I'd like to have him on the inside with me. So for whatever reason, that one particular disciple whom the Bible doesn't name uh, must have had some kind of authority or, or some kind of ranking to be able to walk uh, into the chambers with the high priest, the ones who were judging Jesus. And, and then he looked back and he sees Peter standing in the door and he says to the woman, the doorkeeper, he says, go, would you, would you go get Peter? And that is when the Bible, and, and, and it ends there, and that, and in that book, but another book it picks up. And it says, the little girl went, or the woman went to Peter, and she said, are you one of those who followed after Jesus? Now, Simon didn't know why the woman came up to him. He did not realize that it was a disciple from the inside who wanted Peter to join on, uh, from the outside to come on the inside and be able to see what was going on. He was given a special invitation to come in a little bit closer. He didn't know what was going on. And so he looked at that woman and he said, no, I am not one of them. I did not follow him. And that was rejection number one. The first rejection was when God was just trying at the very beginning. Come on, Peter. Come back in where you usually are. Come back to the inner circle. Come get close to me, Peter. I know I'm about to be tried, and I know I'm about to die. But Peter, I want you by my side. Why don't you come in? Come a little closer. Be careful when the preacher is trying to reach you. Be careful when the Spirit of God is tugging on your heart. How little do we know what God is trying to bring us into. That God is trying to get us back close again. Get us back into the inner circle. Back where we used to be. Back to our prayer life. Back to fasting. Back to Bible studies. Back to witnessing. Back to giving. Back to the word. Back to prayer. Back to worship. Back to his presence. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. Special invitation. Put your hands together. Worship the Lord for a moment. Word of the Lord says, he warmed himself by the fire. Be careful when you get cold in the Lord.
whose fire you warm yourself by. You know, we all want company. Well, how's that saying go? Misery loves company. Hey, it doesn't matter how miserable you are, you still want company. We all want to hang around with somebody. It doesn't matter how rebellious you are, you want to hang around with someone. It doesn't matter how far from the inner crowd that you get. You are eventually going to warm yourself by somebody's fire. And we have to be careful where we find ourselves settling in. Let me do some pastoring. Is that all right? You get cold in the Lord, the next thing you know, you're warming yourself with the complainers and the murmurers. You used to be on the inside. You didn't judge nobody. You didn't care what they sounded like, looked like. You just loved them. They were God's kids. But now, this is how you can tell if you're warming yourself by the wrong fire. I'm not so sure I like the way he's delivering that message. Thank God God has you. Or otherwise the Lord wouldn't be aware of that. But he's got you to write all the notes down of everything that's wrong in his church. And be sure, I would say be sure and bring them to prayer, but you don't bring them to prayer, you bring them to the crowd with the fire that you're warming yourself by. And y'all all talk about how the preacher's tie has got big gray flowers on it, pink flowers. Sister Beatrice, bought that for me. That's why I'm wearing it, darling. I want you to know that because you bought this for me. And I like it, actually. You find yourself warming your hands by the fire. And you go, you think he interpreted that scripture right? I'm not sure he interpreted it. I don't like the way he walked. You see how he walked? platform saying, Pastor, don't do that. They're warming themselves by the wrong fire. They're already talking about me over there. He's a little loud. I can barely understand him. His accent was so heavy, I couldn't make a word. The man delivers a message straight from God and the only thing you can get out of it is the few isms and sisms that aren't right. You gotta be careful whose fire you're warming yourself up by. Yeah, you'll be amazed at what kind of crowds you're in. And I'm pastoring now. You'll be amazed at the crowds that you'll end up warming yourself by. Finding yourself, maybe not with your words, but with your actions, denying Christ. Things that you were taught when you were on the inner circle, walking with him, abiding with him. Things that you were taught, they got deep inside your heart that you would, that you believed and loved. It separated you from the world. It made you look less like the world and more like him. And when people saw you, they could tell, they could tell whether you're a man or a woman. They could look at you right away and know there's something different about you. I'm not talking about being crazy. I'm just talking about being separate. You rub shoulders and initially they were able to come up to you and say, hey, I see you. I know you. You're 
are you one of those that hung around Jesus? Because at first they can still recognize that. You still sort of look like the church. and You act like the church. You haven't learned how to look and act like the world yet. But the longer you warm yourself by the fire, the colder you get, all of a sudden things about you begin to change until finally they walk up and they can't tell you different from anybody else that's in the crowd. You have managed to blend in. But I've got good news for you. God has not given up on you. God's come to sound the rooster in your ear today to encourage you to turn around. Peter, when you are converted, I hope somebody will get a hold of this message today and shake Shake yourself and say, what am I doing? Why? Why am I here? Why am I here? How did I get here? And come back and warm yourself by the fire of the Holy Ghost. When that rooster sounded, just stay with me for a little while. Let pastor preach today. It's only 10 to 1. That all familiar sound. And Simon Peter had heard every day of his life. All of a sudden became most terrifying horrible sound he had ever heard. To everybody else, it was just a rooster. This rooster was a little crazy. He was crowing while the sun was going down instead of the sun coming up. You couldn't quite tell the difference. Everybody else just heard the sound of a rooster. It didn't mean nothing to them. You need to hear the preacher. It didn't say anything to them. They just kept on their path. Because the Lord hadn't spoken to them. Simon, by the time it crows twice, you will have denied me thrice. Nobody else in the crowd was moved. Everybody else just kept doing whatever it was they were doing. Talking about their little trivial talk. Going about their, going about their business. Getting sticks for the fire. Crooster, crow, rooster, crowing in the background. Peter stood still. His hands began to shake. His body began to tremble. Something drew him. He turned, and the Bible says that Jesus turned and he looked on Peter. And Peter dropped his head and began to run. And the Bible says he wept bitterly. I don't know what it's going to be. It may have already happened, but I've come to tell you in this message, you need to pay close attention because when that rooster sounds in your life, it's not God's rejection. If you'll take the time to turn, you'll see that he's looking at you as well. And it's not with eyes of rejection or eyes of judgment. But it's eyes of love. Parents, I want you to hear me right now. I want every one of you to hear me. Some of us in this place, we have children who are not living for God. They have left God. They have forsaken God. We did our best. Did our best to raise them. We did our best to, to teach them right. But somehow the alluring of the world has gotten a hold of them. Has pulled them out of the church. Now they're doing things you never dreamed they would ever have done. Maybe some of them are drinking. Maybe some 
are doing drugs. Maybe some of them are doing things to your body that you would never have dreamed in a lifetime that they would have ever done it. Some of them may even be in prison. Some who who knows where uh, the incidences of life has brought these children that have walked away from God and are now warming their hands by the wrong fire. Hear the preacher, parent. I've come to tell you that there will be the sound of a rooster that will come. There will be something that will happen in your son's life. Something that will happen in your daughter's life. It might be horrible. I don't know. It might be life-changing. I don't know. I don't know. But this much I know, God needs you to be there when it happens. God needs you to turn and look at them with eyes of compassion and eyes of love. And don't you dare reject them. Don't let them hear from you. I told you so. I knew this would happen. You shouldn't have left God. No, that's not what Jesus did. He turned and he looked upon Simon Peter. He wanted him to see his love. He didn't only want him to hear the words or the sound of that rooster. He wanted him to remember the words that he said. Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Your faith fail not. And when you're converted, comfort the brethren. That's what God wants from the church. Listen to me, church. When the backslider comes home, we can't snub our noses. We've got to be there for them. It doesn't matter what they've done, where they've gone, how bad they become. When they make their way back, the church needs to stretch out with hands of love and passion. Reach. Say, it's going to be all right. We prayed for you that your faith would fail not. Come, come back, come back, come back. If you have a loved one that's lost, backslid, would you stand to your feet? And would you lift your hands? And would you begin to love your God for a moment? Would you let him put a love in your heart for them? Will you let him put a love in your heart for them? God's going to need you. I'm telling you, something's coming. The rooster's going to crow. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. They're going to need you, Mom. They're going to need you, Dad. They're going to need us, church. They're going to need us. Jesus Jesus Come on Come on this is where God wants to minister right now Come on Come on son come on man Come on you know Music, if you'll come. Come on, you know, you know you've been, you've been warming your hands by the wrong fire. This isn't a message of judgment. It's a message of mercy. God is sounding. He's sounding tonight. He's sounding today. Come on. Come on. Let this message be the sound of the rooster in your ears. Let it awaken you. Come on, come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Step out from where you are. Come on, backslider. Step out from where you are. God.
God is calling you. Come on, Luke Warner. Step out. Run to this altar. Run to this altar. God is giving you that special call. He's inviting you into the inner circle. I know it's not easy. You got to see him suffer. You got to see him be judged unrightly. You got to watch them condemn him for no cause. But he wants you on the inside. He doesn't want you out there warming your hands by the world, the fire of the world. He doesn't want you out there warming your hands by the critics, by the murmurers and the complainers. He wants you inside. He wants you inside. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Let this, let this message get a hold of you. Let this message touch you. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can live for him. Don't worry about that right now. Come on. Peter denied him three times. You may not make it all the way, but show him you love him. Show him. Show him you love him. The Bible says a third time, he didn't only deny Christ, he cursed, he swore. He ran off. Jesus looking at him. I don't know how many times you've tried and let him down. It doesn't matter. The Lord has put things in your life to remind you about him. Every time you see it, every time you hear it, it's going to remind you. Some of you here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'd fallen back. Horrible things happened. You did something that you could hardly forgive yourself over. I can't forgive myself. I can't forgive myself. God, why can't I get this out of my mind? Why can't I get this out of my life? I'll tell you why. It's the sound of the rooster to you. Every time Peter heard that rooster for the rest of his life, he thought about his denial of Christ. was forgiven Jesus when he sent Mary and Martha away he said go go tell the disciples I'm alive and he said oh 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 wait 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 tell Peter I love him tell Peter I love him tell the one that denied me three times tell him I love him tell him I love him tell him I love him repented because he preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost. They were in their boat and Jesus was cooking fish on the shore. John said, I think that's the Lord. Peter said, are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He took off his robe. He dove into the water. He swam to the shore. Jesus. sorry I'm so sorry forgive me Lord I forgive you Peter I forgive you but every time that rooster would crow it seems to me that he would remind 
Father. Can you take that out of my life, Lord? Oh, no. <laughs> That's the sound of a rooster. It reminds you, Peter, how frail you really are. It reminds you, Peter, that you better stay close. You better warm your hands by the light fire. You better stay in the church. Some of us, we got things in our life. Every time we hear it, every time we see it, it reminds us. Lord, I never want to leave you again. I never, I never want to go astray again, God. I never want to let my heart grow cold again. When I'm invited into the inner circle, Lord, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. If there's anyone walking the fence with Ron, I, I pray you'd come. Hallelujah. We got to get close to him. We got to give him all of our heart, all of our soul. We got to give him everything that we are. I wish we would come and pray. We might think we're all right, but I think that's when it's probably most dangerous of all. I always want to check my spirit. I want to check myself. Am I where I'm supposed to be, Lord? Am I walking close to you? sound of a rooster in my life. Let it draw me close to you. Let it draw me close to you, Lord. Let it draw me close.
talk to him. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. I feel like the Lord is reaching into some hearts right now. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. Come on, young people. Give your life to him. 